0: Well, welcome down into the coaches' offices here at Segra Stadium. We are pleased to be joined on the pregame show by Fayetteville Woodpeckers pitching coach John Kavalik. It's great to have you on. How's uh, how's energy around this time of year? We're we're down in the home stretch, dog days of August. How you doing at this point? Definitely a little tired. Um, definitely a little tired.
1: I appreciate you having me on. Um, uh, but yeah, like I said, definitely tired. But at the same time, it's definitely exciting mm-hmm. getting all this new blood, all these new faces into yeah. the clubhouse. Um, it's definitely it's definitely a little jolt that uh, that makes this final push of the season a little more enjoyable for everybody. So
0: yeah, How many hands have you had to shake over the last uh, week or so? I would say, hey, John, nice to meet you
1: can't even count can't even count quite, lost, a, bit. quite lost, a bit lost track yeah, yeah. I still
0: it's still hard to remember everybody's name but uh but John you know your background is is an interesting one you weren't always a pitcher from your earlier days of, of high school we've talked about your come up going into college you were a, a catcher and a shortstop and you wound up at Slippery Rock University playing college ball in Pennsylvania and then some indie ball after that, where you were exclusively a pitcher, and and uh, you know where where did that transition come for you, going from field player to more pitcher, and and what led you in that direction?
1: Yeah, so I, I played a lot of infield growing up, um, and
0: I, I pitched I pitched a little bit,
1: not not anything crazy, definitely not anything that would be indicative going on to play college right. as a pitcher, and then and then continue into professional baseball as a pitching coach. But essentially, I I, I just couldn't hit. <laughs> and that, that, and I always had a strong arm. I always loved throwing the ball. Um, my dad, when I was growing up, actually built me this cinder block wall out in our driveway that I would just, and then he bought me these rubber baseballs and I would just go out and pepper the wall every day, every day for hours on end. I would just uh-huh. throw and throw and throw. I just, I just loved throwing. So yeah. I always had a strong arm. Um, but like I said, I just could not hit at a high level. And one of my, one of my travel ball coaches, um, you know, kudos to him for being for being honest with me and up front. Um, recommended that I really start focusing on pitching. And mm-hmm. I had always enjoyed it, and it just sort of took off from there and ended up at Slippery Rock. And, yeah, I had a, had a great college experience at Slippery Rock and, you know, can't speak more highly of that program as well. So
0: You went on to uh, play professional baseball afterward at the Independent League ranks, a little bit of time in the American Association, I think the Frontier League is, as well. You had a, a little bit there. And then on to coaching. So how did uh, how'd you go from – pitcher to working uh, work in, in the Houston Astros system as a coach. Where did that transition period come along?
1: Yeah, so I finished up my independent ball career and I actually had gotten home from one of my one of my stops. I don't remember I don't even remember where, and I was actually um, I was actually giving a pitching lesson at the time and I remember getting done with that particular lesson and then going to look at my phone and I had a missed call from Coach Messer at Slippery Rock, mm-hmm. and I had I had helped out at my high school mm-hmm. in years past, just essentially. So I had a place to throw, and my, my best friend's yeah. little brother was on the team as well. So I just ended up helping him out, and kind of sparked my interest in, in coaching and helping kids just with the with their pitching and yeah. what have you. Um, but yeah, Coach, Me- I I had expressed to Coach Messer in the past the the desire to get into coaching eventually, and he things didn't work out with the pitching coach that he had uh at the beginning of the fall that year and he asked me if i'd be interested and i said absolutely and basically packed up my car got an apartment and was the pitching coach at slippery rock for a couple years before i uh before i hooked on with the astros so i've been a lot of places but it's yeah. been it's been quite the journey to get to where i am now yeah
0: from from uh, coaching you know high schoolers after your playing days to to now coaching uh young future big leaguers you know it's it's pretty cool transition there and and you've had the chance to to see a lot of the guys that are now anchoring the Houston Astros rotation uh, and coach them in some capacity Luis Garcia you know Fran Valdez, Jose Urquidy some of those guys that come to mind that were in the lower levels of the system when you kind of broke into the Astros coaching ranks and and who are a couple of those guys that you've gotten to work with at least a little bit that are that are out in Houston right now
1: yeah, I remember my first spring training in 2019 working with Luis Garcia in, in in the bullpen a little bit. I've always been always been a huge fan of him as a person and clearly the 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 talent speaks for itself yeah. on the mound um, and you know, I, I was around Jose Arquidi quite a bit during his during his rehab process last year when I was when I was at the complex, and he's yeah. he's an absolute pleasure to be around too. Very professional, and I actually learned a lot just watching watching how he a guy like him just goes about his daily business and the way he pre- prepares both mentally and physically.
0: That's got to be one of the traits that that really sets those types of guys apart and helps get them to the big league level. Not only with just their their stuff being filthy, but also their their discipline. Is that something that really stands out to you about those guys?
1: absolutely absolutely and i think that's the big that not the big separator but but one big separator between guys that guys that make it to the highest level and and guys that maybe don't um and i do think it can be taught but that is that is definitely something that i feel like some of those guys at that level that have came up through our system uh they, they sort of have it innately and i think i think that they've they've just sort of ran with the opportunities that, that have presented themselves and I think their their mental fortitude and their discipline is a big reason for that
0: let's talk about some of the guys from this year you know that are starting to show some of those qualities in, in Fayetteville this year you know the Astros have done a really good job of, of going beyond the United States and, and finding guys in Latin American countries that have gone on to be big leaguers like Garcia and Valdez you know we had Misal Tamares really show out in this league last year and now he's up at the double-a level the newest uh, version of that has been Miguel Loyola and, and Edinson Batista this year. Just a couple of guys that come to mind. Miguel Loyola is now a top 20 prospect in the Astros system. Voted the, the best pitching prospect, I think, by the coaches around the league when they were uh, picking guys with the best skills. And, and Edinson Batista really shows just a maturity uh, beyond a 20-year-old. Both of those guys just 20 years old now. What can you say about the season? Let's talk Uyola first that, that he's had because I feel like nobody really knew his name coming into this year and now he's turning a lot of heads and he's getting some recognition for the first time ever as a pro. Yeah, he was he was somewhat of an unheralded
1: signing for us out of the DR and he signed when he was a little older. He was 18 when he signed and mm-hmm. he started his career out down in the Dominican and he, he, uh, he was promoted to the West Palm Beach Complex at the end of last summer, so probably about a year ago, um, mm-hmm. right around this time of year, but... Um, you know something something with Uyola that separates that separates him is I feel like he's the type of person that no matter how much attention or no matter how much buzz is created around him as a prospect he's always going to be the same person he's he's very very consistent in the way he shows up to the park every day from the way he carries himself to the routine that he that he goes through to prepare his body for a throwing program or a bullpen like it's he's very very consistent and he's also a fantastic human being so that it really it makes my job a lot easier when you get that consistency showing up to the park every
0: day along with just being an excellent kid and and Edinson Batista, like just mentioned, he's twenty year old, twenty years old, like Uyola. But it, in some way, it almost you just watched that dynamic around the clubhouse a little bit. It almost felt like he was the father figure in a way, and, and Uyola and him really bounced off each other a lot. What what impressed you most about Edinson Batista? Because. Uh, you can always find, find those guys around each other. And now Edinson, while he's not technically a top-30 prospect by some measures, if you're looking at the rankings, he put together some of the best numbers by any Fayetteville-Arm this year, led the team in strikeouts, uh, sub-3 ERA, one of the lowest ERAs in the league. And now he's up to high A, rightfully so. What what'd you like about his season down here in Fayetteville?
1: Absolutely tireless worker. Yeah. Unbelievably hard worker. He has one of the better work ethics that I think I've – ever been around and it's almost almost to a detriment to where we've actually had to rein him back at times this year um, from from doing too much just for the sake of making sure that he's recovering properly in between innings I'm sorry in between outings and that's definitely not a bad problem to have by any means no matter what level you're coaching at Um, but he he's as far as the clubhouse dynamic um, he he's they're just two completely different personalities in my eyes. Um, Batista is 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 much more is much more mellow and 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 laid back you know he he has fun and he loves to joke around but Mm -hmm. um Uyola Uyola can be off the ball he's (laughs) he's got a little bit a little bit of craziness in him which which I really like and he's mature enough to where he can rein it in and when I think a good quality that both those guys have is they have they love the people that that they're around they love coming to the park every day but when it's time to work it's it's time to work and that's something that that they both have but that's something that I really really see and, and respect in Batista
0: a lot of your work of course uh happens in between those starts for for guys when Uyola finishes up and then between then and his next start you know fans look at it from the the ERA the strikeouts the walks those basic pitching stats but now there's so much data available for you as a pitching coach to analyze and others around the organization with things like TrackMan man and and Hawkeye. Um, guy comes off the mound you know what what are a couple of the things that you're looking at to define his night and work on the next day kind of breaking down you know the pitch what what are a couple of things you look for out of a guy beyond just the walks and the strikeouts each time he goes on to the mound out to the mound whoever it is on a given night
1: yeah so that's pretty that's pretty individualized um a lot of these guys are working on different things um so for instance after after someone's outing, Tiku Yola, for example, we've really been working to to improve his curveball. We're really trying to get him. We're really trying to get him a bigger break on on that particular offering. Um, so that's that's generally you know the first thing the first thing that I would pull up on him. Usually, if a guy's working on a new pitch and we're trying to influence the the movement profile of that pitch, that's what I'm going to first. Just because just because at the end of the day, I personally am a firm believer and. If you don't have if you don't have quality stuff, mm-hmm. then you don't really have a shot, right? right? So at the end of the day, you know if these guys if these guys don't have nasty pitches, then I'm not doing my job. So always look at the movement profiles and the velocities. Um, a guy like Batista, who's who's you know got some some really really quality breaking balls, some decent velo. Um, for me, I'm I'm probably more so going over locations and you know what pitches he's throwing in certain counts mm-hmm. and how he's how he's pitching to the attack plan that we that we lay out before the game mm-hmm. um, and then also we're very fortunate with the Astros to have an awesome uh, camera system around the stadium that that you know I, I, I'm looking at video all the time so that's yeah. another big thing is a lot of these ki- a lot of these guys especially those younger guys like Batista and Iola, they're still growing into their bodies and really finding really finding ways to sequence properly, and really mm-hmm. trying to find some consist- consistency in the way they move.
0: Yeah, no doubt. If, if you if you don't see John in the bullpen, there's a good chance he's at his laptop at the uh, the desk watching film and, sure. uh, <laughs> and breaking guys down. Uh, last thing, John, you know we just had the draft, of course, and finally we have some of those 2022 guys uh, coming in after a little bit of a period where it was only the, the field position players that were with us. But uh, we saw Nolan DeVos and, and Tyler Guilfoyle go out there on their debuts and help close down a shutout of the Charleston River Dogs team with the best record in our league right now, and and a and a solid start for them. And and it seemed like the Astros really prioritized maybe more of the uh the the college type pitcher this year they went heavy on the pitching there in rounds three through five um do you think there was a a common trait that the astros kind of aimed for this year in the draft when it came to bringing new pitchers into the system anything that stands out to you in the early going so far Uh, definitely um you know some commonalities
1: that i've seen i mean we only have four pitchers from from the draft currently here but just speaking Mm -hmm. specifically on the the guys i've seen in live game action so mm-hmm. far it's it's quality fastballs and an innate ability to control the strike zone yeah. um working ahead in the count you know not really letting in bats get away from them i thought i thought that was super impressive some of th- those are two things that those guys did uh, uh fairly well um no one had no one had a couple walks mixed in there but he also had the punch outs to go along with it which which tells me that it's in there we just might need to get a little more consistency as far as that pitch execute pitch execution goes mm-hmm. but that's that's a very common trait that i've seen with with the with the crop of arms this
0: year is this really quality heaters and an innate ability to to pound the zone Good chance we'll get to see a few more of those uh, 2022 draft picks on the mound for the Woodpeckers by uh, season's end. John, we like to uh, end these interviews the same way. Some shout-outs. I know we probably have some uh, friends or family of yours that like to tune into the broadcast every uh, once in a while. So who are we shouting out tonight on the pregame show?
1: Yeah, I'd like to shout-out uh, my mom and dad, Cindy and Les um, I was like They're, they're actually going to be in town here uh, for the beginning of the Lynchburg Series, our final homestand. Oh, okay. uh, miss and love you guys. And also, I'd like to give a shout-out to Alex Smith. My brother and Kristen, my sister. I miss and love you guys very much. All right, it is. Oh, also, p- oh, what, one more. Yeah, one last, <laughs> one last thing. Um, I have I have two fantasy football drafts this Sunday, and Chappie, I expect your help on them. So. Oh,
0: absolutely. I went Justin <laughs> Jeff, Justin Jefferson in the first round, non-PPR, in my first one, John. So we'll sit down and we'll get you, we'll get you a, a trophy team this year. It's pitching coach John Kavalik. You can find him on the top step of the Woodpeckers dugout with a clipboard in hand, and we thank him for joining us today on the pregame show. Thanks, John.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Chappie.